Are you interested in fostering a growth mindset and looking to improve your surroundings? First, you must work to improve yourself. The Ignited Firefighter podcast is dedicated to the firefighting and first responder community. However, everyone can benefit from the principles and topics we discuss here. This is meant to be an interactive podcast experience where input and different perspectives are welcomed. Let's build a community of true brotherhood and progress through integrity and accountability. Let's be ignited. Hi, everyone. My name is Ryan Rodriguez, and I'm the founder and your host for the Ignited Firefighter podcast. Today, I'm going to explore something I mentioned in a previous episode, organizational health and workplace toxicity. As I discuss the model for one of my favorite authors, I'll review what organizational health and workplace toxicity are, as well as identify ways to be more aware of both. I'll also offer up some solutions as to what we can do to battle workplace toxicity. So what is organizational health? Textbook definition is the operational status of an organization in regards to the emotional feel and status of relationships. Now my personal definition is a little bit different. The state of an organization that is actively living out its mission, vision, and values in a way that employees feel fulfilled and want to actively contribute. So on the other side of that, what is workplace toxicity? The definition that I could find is that it is a constant workplace situation where dysfunction and drama reign, whether it's the result of a narcissistic boss, vindictive coworkers, or absence of order. Robert Sutton, a Stanford University professor and author of a book I read called The Asshole Survival Guide, says that a toxic work environment, quote, leaves you feeling like dirt, end quote. What are the signs of workplace toxicity? What are the problems? You've probably experienced some of these issues yourself, but maybe you don't know how exactly to identify them or label them. Based on Patrick Lencioni's Five Dysfunctions of a Team, the reasons a toxic workplace exists is because of lack of trust, fear of conflict, lack of commitment, avoidance of accountability, and inattention to results. And those are all in order of importance. So reviewing each of these in order of importance, we're going to start with lack of trust. Um, I was at a meeting at my organization, and we were all trying to come together and identify problems that were challenging our organization or issues that we were facing. And one of the items that I wrote up on the board was lack of trust. And that kind of got laughed at uh, by uh, an officer, a ranking officer. And this ranking officer shouted out that lack of trust is a mental health issue, which I thought was completely preposterous, absolutely ignorant. Um, But one of the main issues facing the fire service today is that we're losing trust in one another. Not only are we losing trust in one another, but we're losing trust in the organization itself. We're losing trust in the administrators. We don't feel that they have our best, our best interests at heart. And one of the main reasons this is, is due to the lack of invulnerability. Uh, I feel people aren't willing to be open and transparent with each other because they're protecting some distorted sense of self-preservation. I feel like people are too worried about what other people will think of them And ultimately, my question is, why? In the fire service, it's said that reputation is everything. Well, if you have a reputation of being a, quote, good dude, 
but in reality are stealing money from the station kitty to feed your drug habit. Does that really make you a good dude? My heart goes out to those people who've gotten a bad rap due to some trivial misunderstanding early on and are labeled for the rest of their career to remind people of some minor mistake they might have made years ago. Where's the brotherhood in that? Next up, fear of conflict. Fear of conflict makes people avoid each other, uh, creates a sense of artificial harmony. Pretending that things are fine when they're not is like watching a house burn to the ground and deny that it was ever even on fire. It's a destructive way of thinking, and it'll turn what appears to be the strongest teams into a pile of ash. Next, we have lack of commitment. Lack of commitment causes ambiguity. And again, I talked about this in the last episode. If people don't have a clear message of what the mission, vision, and values are, they won't be willing or able to make a commitment to anything. Moving on down the line here, we have avoidance of accountability. Now this sets the tone for low standards to reign supreme. As accountability feigns, standards decline. Unfortunately, we see it more often than we should. Firefighters who get off the truck, who look out of shape, and in no physical condition to perform their job. If your standard in your physical condition declines, will you be able to do the job when the tones go off? And finally, inattention to results. Now this is just plain ego. This is chosen ignorance. When you're trying to convince your team that everything is fine, but it really isn't, guess what? They're going to know. Not only do they obviously know that things aren't fine, they're now aware of the level of ego you have in choosing to be ignorant of that truth. They obviously know that you're more willing to protect your ego than protect them and protect their lives and their well-being. So we talked about the problems. We talked about them in order of importance. So we're going to talk about the solutions now, and we're also going to talk about them in the order of importance. So we spoke about a lack of trust. Now we're going to talk about how to build trust, how to build trust in your sphere with your crews, with the people you build relationships with. You have to be first willing to be vulnerable. You have to go first. No one's going to be willing to share ideas if they don't feel safe to do so. Like I mentioned in the previous episode, one of the things you can do to take the first step is to ask two questions. Question one, what is one thing I do that you want me to stop? And question two, what is one thing I do that you want me to keep doing? This sets the tone for being willing to share openly, shows vulnerability on your end, and allows others to feel safe to do the same. And honestly, you're just asking them their opinion. And who doesn't want to be able to express their opinion? So when you go out of your way and ask for that opinion, you're showing that person that you value what they have to say and building that trust. Next up, we're going to talk about mastering conflict. Do not let conflict go unresolved. Do not do it. This creates artificial harmony. Unresolved feelings you may have will build and eat away at you. So I was on recently a, a 911 call, a difficulty breathing call, where the patient reported she had just gotten out of a week-long stint in the hospital for pneumonia. She stated that she was still experiencing some shortness of breath. 
there was a bad cold and cough going around, very junky, very gross, and it sounded like she had contracted it, and that's all it was. But she was worried that the ammonia might be back. As lead paramedic, I observed her vital signs, noted her lung sounds. She was full of junk, just bronchi, just congestion. Here, uh, oxygen levels were at 100% the entire time we were on scene, and before I knew it, another paramedic on my crew was administering a nebulizer breathing treatment without even mentioning it to me or asking me. I didn't approve this treatment, and just as expected, it made the patient spread, uh, come loose, and she started coughing uncontrollably. Her SATs went down, oxygen levels decreased. Um, by making an assumption on treatment that I'd want, he'd done more harm than good. And even though his intentions were good, I immediately ordered that he stop the treatment, let her cough up what she was trying to get out, and after about a minute, the patient had returned to 100% oxygen levels and sounded better, less junky. After the call, I made it clear in a, like a non-confrontational or uh, negative way that when I'm running the call as lead medic, that I'd appreciate the courtesy that I give to them. Uh, in that, I mean that I defer to the medic or EMT running the call. Whether it's an ALS call or a VLS call, doesn't matter. Whoever's running the call, I'm going to defer to that person. I, my ego's not so big that I need to ask the same questions that the EMT or the paramedic already asked. I can defer to them and support them in their role. A, it's a matter of respect. And B, it would have put a system of checks and balances in place so that we didn't compromise the patient's condition. Next up, achieve commitment. Force clarity and closure. In the story that I just shared, I made sure that I was clear as to why I appreciated him deferring to me just as I would defer to him. This provided a mutual understanding of respect and operations, and through that clarity, provided closure to the issue. So now we've come to a consensus, we've come to an understanding, and there's no, there's no bad blood. He understands that I'll respect him in his role, and I expect him to respect me in my role. And no one can argue that. No one can argue against that. That's a commitment we can both make to make the situation better and to make things run smoother. Next, let's talk about embracing accountability. Confronting the issues, good or bad. This takes away the negative stigma associated with the word accountability. When our training officers have us do turnout drills for time, they do so with a stopwatch in hand to hold us accountable to the standard. If that standard isn't met, it's up to us as individuals to keep working at it until we meet it. It's not a punitive action. It's a way to maintain high standards. And finally, a focus on the results. So focus on the collective outcomes of situations. With all these other elements being worked on, the ability to remain focused on the desired outcomes becomes natural. Everything else is just a distraction from the desired results. Now for our call to action, the action steps that we can take to help make our organizational health improve. So step one, seek out ways to be vulnerable and build trust with your crew this week. Ask the two questions. Remember, it was question one, what am I doing that you want me to stop? Question two, what am I doing that you want me to keep doing? Something else we can do is look for ways to serve others in small ways, no matter how small they may seem. 
So working at the firehouse, there's not a shortage of opportunities to uh, fold your crewmates' laundry, uh, clean mud off their boots, vacuum their room, etc. Just small things. Look for small things that you can do to help support your crew and make their lives easier. Uh, finally, if you don't have a journal, get one. Write your thoughts on this topic and the observations you make within your own organization. By doing this, you can identify the things that need to be fixed, and you can formulate the strategy to help combat them. So here's a little review of what we've went over today. Uh, we talked about what organizational health and workplace toxicity are, and what we can do to help keep the environment within our organizations healthy. We talked specifically about the problems that contribute to workplace toxicity, as well as the things we can do to directly counter them. Uh, remember the action steps and make it a point to do the three things we talked about. Seek ways to be vulnerable in order to build trust. Look for ways to serve those you closely work with. And get a journal. Start writing down your observations and take note of the things you can do to help combat the problems of workplace toxicity. As always, thank you guys for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Ignited Firefighter Podcast. Please subscribe through Anchor, Stitcher, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. And if you want to learn more about the Ignited community, visit the website at ignitedff.com where you can read a little bit more about me, find all of the articles that I've written thus far, and get links to all of my social media outlets. Also, please share this podcast with those you think may find value in it and would like to be a part of making positive changes within their environment by making positive changes within themselves. Be hard to kill out there, guys. 